the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Well, the season is quickly coming to a close, and we got a nice little homecoming from Madison Bumgarner. At least there's that. I'm Steve Zinsmeister. <laughs> That's Cody Fincher as well. This is the Ain't No Fang podcast. Woo! We thank you so much for checking out the show this week. Um, like I mentioned, Madison Bumgarner, his first start back in San Francisco in front of fans. And it was a nice little ovation that they gave him in his first at-bat. Yeah, it was cool because he got an at-bat before he even took the mound. The D-backs scored three runs in the first inning, and he that was his entrance into the game. It was kind of fitting for one of the better hitting pitchers. True. It's um, weird, too, because like you don't really have a good opportunity to like give an ovation to a pitcher. Not for a pitcher, yeah. Unless, like everybody goes out on the field at the same time. Yeah, unless... like. Buster Posey comes up and kind of steps out of the box and takes his sweet time and then oh, like lets the diverting fan. the attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's usually when they come to the plate is when that stuff happens. And it happened in the first inning last night. But again, I think Bumgarner wasn't very good last night. Gave up four runs. Um, it's just you know it was it was cool and he was super thankful after the game that that happened because I mean you know last year they they played in San Francisco but there were no fans. And then earlier in the year, they were at San Francisco and he didn't pitch. So this is the first time he's faced the Giants. There's not a lot of guys around the league who have the resume that he has with one franchise. Three World Series rings. Three World Series. He was the MVP of the World Series. I mean, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who's had that level of World Series success with one organization, at least. Now, there are obviously the other one is Buster Posey. Who is also on those teams. He's won three. Yeah. Yeah, you would have to branch out from pitchers and just say hitters in general for sure. Because I was thinking Max Scherzer uh, has has postseason experience, but not a lot of of World Series. Although he was on the Nationals team that won in 2019. 2019. Yep. He went with the Tigers, I think. Did he? No, that was Verlander. When did the maybe. Tigers make the World Series in 06? It was a while. Yeah, back. he wasn't Well, there. no, there was another one, wasn't there? Yes, when there they played the Giants. 2000... When they played the Giants. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, when yeah. Pablo Sandoval hit three home runs off but yeah, Verlander. There's, there's yeah. like, I, don't know if, I don't know if Max Scherzer is on that team or not. There's like, I don't nobody, there's like nobody in the league that has that level of success yeah, in the postseason, crazy. specifically in the World Series, with one team that I can think of. And like Madison Baumgartner, like made a name for himself in the World Series. Like, normally guys, you know, are star players before that, then they get the World Series or whatnot, but... He was young. Yeah, he I was... I mean, he's... what? How old is he now? He's 30... I think he's 32 now. 32? I think he's 32. That's not even that old. No. And, and he's already had a full career in San Francisco. I'm pretty sure he was a rookie. Was he... A, was Were he and Posey rookies in their first World Series? I'm going to find that out. I can't remember, but he was... I, I watched a video not too long ago, and it was... He was really, I mean, he didn't even have a beard, no long hair. He was like a kid. And I'm pretty sure that was the first year they went to the World Series. He was like their number four starter because they had Tim Lincecum, Matt Kane, and um, I'm forgetting the other guy. They had three guys. Barry Zito? Maybe. I don't think it was him. But anyway, um, but yeah, Lincecum and Kane for sure. Yeah. so Madison Baumgartner wasn't even like he was their I think their top pitching prospect at the time, but he was he was like their number four starter. Baumgartner uh, pitched in four games, including one start in two thousand nine, 
but that doesn't count. Then at 20 years old in 2010, well, that was his first full season. That's when they won their first World Series, wasn't it? Yeah. Three ERA. 3.00. Yeah. Pre- pretty remarkable. Yeah. And that's an 18 start. So good. about, it's a roughly half a season, but yeah. that's his rookie season. Yeah. He was good that year. Um, so anyway, but yeah, it was cool. I mean, uh, it, 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 I always thought it was kind of, you know, it's always kind of weird, kind of like what happened with Granky coming here too. Like, is it weird to go back and get, you know, a, a standing ovation when you're a part of a division rival? But honestly, let's be. Let's be true to ourselves here. The Dodgers and Giants don't really view the D-backs as rivals to each other. No. so Not even when they're good. Yeah. So it, it's always Dodgers, Giants, you know, and I, there's kind of, I don't know if there's really a rivalry between the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. I mean, they've faced off in the playoffs a few times. For fourth best. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there was the 2017 wildcard game, and then... In the in oh seven they they were in the NLCS together so I mean there's been those two times but yeah it it, it was a cool moment for Madison Bumgarner um he you know he doesn't really pull back the curtain a lot and post game it was kind of cool to hear you know him say how how much it meant to him that the fans recognized him like that it's truly remarkable. he deserved he deserves it though I mean we just went through it how how much success he had. In the World Series, yeah, and the playoffs with that team, not just not just regular season stuff, but just in the playoffs, he deserves all the recognition. I'm looking at his postseason numbers. His postseason ERA is two point one one. Oh, his postseason oh. WHIP is point nine zero. Wow, he's remarkable in the postseason. Now, what's interesting about this actually is he's not. He's kind of average in the NLDS and the NLCS. ERA is both over four. But in the World Series, his ERA is 0.25. His World Series, his three World Series are bringing all those numbers down to really good levels. He got way... He got a lot of appearances in that World Series against the Royals because he was Mm -hmm. coming out of the bullpen. And I think he was pitching like two times on three days rest or whatever. And he was coming out of the bullpen like Randy Johnson did in, in, in uh game seven of the Oh one world series. I think he didn't bump Garner. Yeah. He came out of the bullpen and clinched the, the series winner he for threw, the giants. So he threw 21 innings in that world series. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, the next highest was uh, the NLCS that same season. He threw 15. Hmm. He threw 21 in the world series. The dude just, He's insane. Didn't have a day off during the playoffs. He's a workhorse. He's <laughs> he's an absolute monster. I mean, the only time he lost in the postseason was in the NLDS in 2016 to the Cubs, the that's, year that they ended up winning the World Series. Is that maybe a reason? I don't know. Maybe is that a reason why he's not the pitcher that he was now at only 32 years old? Because he's not pitching he, in the postseason? Because he was, no, because he was pitching in the postseason so much. Oh, extra tread on start. the tires. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe you hear that argument about basketball players, especially guys who make the postseason every year, LeBron, LeBron mostly yeah. LeBron yeah. James, <laughs> uh, but you'll start to hear it about Giannis. You'll hear it about other guys too. Yeah. Um, because yeah, there is a wear and tear factor. Um, and if a guy like Madison was getting an extra, I don't know, I'm just ballparking it 40 innings every year by going to the postseason. I mean, and when he came up, they, 
I mean, they were in the playoffs quite a bit, and they won three World Series in that in that like a five year span. So He's, he was pitching. He was pitching through October. A lot. Ironically, I don't know if this is ironic or not, but he's only been to the postseason four times. 2010, 2012, 2014, and 2016. So every other year mm-hmm. from 2010 to yep, 2016. Yeah, the Giants every other year, crap. So I always hated that. I don't know, man. That's that's interesting to think about how that affected the arc of his career. I mean, I mean, look at Buster Posey. Buster Posey was... Buster Posey was a rookie in his that first World Series where they beat the Texas Rangers. He was a rookie, and they made the postseason and won the World Series three out of the next five years. And you know he had a lot of injuries in the last couple of years. And honestly, he rejuvenated his career because he took last year off. He opted out of the season last year because of COVID. Yeah, because uh, his I believe it was his wife and him had just adopted two two babies twins i think and he was just concerned about their health and everything it was a good reason that he opted out and it honestly was probably the best thing he could have done for his career because he he took a year to rest and the you know, catcher is not an easy an easy position no it's the to, hardest position to play all that time you know i mean yadier molina looks like he could play for another 10 years but still aside like, from yadi I don't know that any catcher in the league plays only catcher. Like Salvador Buster, Perez. Like Buster will play first base. Salvador Perez will DH. Because he can. And play some yeah. first base, too. So, like, nobody plays only catcher anymore except there for Yachty. There was a time where the Giants were trying to play Buster Posey at first base more, probably to save his knees, but yeah. they couldn't really play Brandon Belt in the outfield because he's not a good outfielder. So they right. just said, okay, never mind. <laughs> you're you're yeah. a catcher, but yeah. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't let Brandon Belt hold me back from anything. Nah. But well, Brandon whatever. Belt's had a good year this year. It sucks because he just fractured his thumb. Yeah. He hit career high, I think career high 29 home runs this year and stuff. But anyway, but yeah, I mean... The early postseason success for Madison Bumgarner could have really affected the pitcher he is now. Honestly, there's a lot. He's only 32, which is crazy because every time I think about Madison Bumgarner, I feel like, oh my gosh, he's old, blah, 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 blah. But he's not old. He's 32. I mean, maybe in starting pitcher years, that's a little old. You but wouldn't give him a, no, a new five or six year no, contract. I mean, giving him what the Diamondbacks gave him was questionable at the time, but they did it because. That's what they thought would be a was the deal that would get him here, you know. Uh, and we're now two years into it. Yeah, we're two years into it, and he was only yeah he's only thirty years old at the time. But there's a lot of innings on that arm. Yeah, I do think you'll remember this. I I think the Giants missed out on an opportunity because to at the trade deadline trade for him this year. Remember, I threw out the idea. And I had no knowledge of any interest in this happening, but I threw out the idea that if the Giants came calling this season at the trade deadline, having the spectacular season that they're having that no one expected, if they had come calling and said, we'll take Madison Bumgarner and his contract off your hands, but you get nothing. (laughs) And you and me and Derek Montia, who was on the podcast at the time, we all looked at each other and we said, we would do that if we were the D-backs. Because just knowing what we know about Bumgarner at this point in his career, he just hasn't been good with the Diamondbacks. Inconsistent. Yeah. There have been times where he's been great, uh, certainly throwing his no-hitter that wasn't a no-hitter. His notable uh, achievement. Yeah, his notable achievement this season. He's had good moments this season. Yeah. Um, there was a stretch where he looked like 
the Madison Bumgarner of old. But you were hoping you got that guy all the time. Yeah. Is what you paid for. Mm -hmm. And so we all agreed at the trade deadline, what was that, uh, two months ago? We all looked at each other and said, yeah, I'd, I'd move on from Bumgarner if it meant getting off the contract. Yeah. And I think the Giants missed out on an opportunity here because they, of all teams, would make sense to do that deal. Because they've got the money to throw around. It's not the most expensive team in the world, and they've got good money in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And with the experience he has with those fans, they would welcome him with open arms. And the way that their starting rotation's been pitching, he doesn't need to be their number one. He could be their number five. I was just going to say that. There would be no pressure on Madison Bumgarner to come in and like save them or or be their best pitcher because they already have three really good top of their rotation pitchers, Kevin Gosman, Anthony DiSclefani, and uh, who's the other guy? Oh, Logan Webb. Logan, Logan Webb has been really, really good. good. Alex Wood's been good for them, too. Um, so, yeah. They've all been good. Yeah, that's their that's their rotation. I mean, Johnny Cueto hasn't even been horrible this year. Johnny, right. Johnny Cueto is a huge disappointment. You could have had, I mean, I'm just throwing ideas around at this point, but you could have had Bumgarner coming out of the bullpen, depending <laughs> on their lefty situation. Yeah. I mean... I'm talking about a guy who literally you're ju- you would just be bringing him in for his postseason experience, and I don't think that that's the worst idea ever. Obviously, it didn't end up happening. Uh, we don't even know if there were ever talks about that, but it probably made, not. It made more sense as a fit than any other team would have. I, if, if if the if the Diamondbacks are going to trade Madison Baumgartner, it's it wasn't going to be this past year. There was just too much money left on his contract, and I don't think any team wanted to touch the contract for how think, for how he was pitching. Could it be like a Granky deal where so I was talking with somebody the other day and they said, "Man, we really got gypped on the Granky deal." I said, "How do you figure?" And they said, "Well, you know, all those players that we got back, none of them are really that impressive, and Granky is a stud." And all these things. And I said, well, you got to consider there was a lot of money on that deal, too. Yeah. And they took pretty much all of they the money. took over half, at least. A lot of the money. Yeah. They took a lot of it, the Astros did. And we had to wait. I mean, they were four seasons into that contract before they moved Granky. Is it something similar, you think, with Bumgarner, if they were to move on from him? I mean, they've given no reasoning behind why they would move off of him at this point, but... If they were to do that, do you think that they would have to wait another year or two to let some of the money go by? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, that's why I don't think it's going to be. It wasn't never going to be this year. Um, after this year, I just did quick math. He is still owed sixty million dollars over three. Yeah, so I, yeah. roughly twenty a year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still it's still expensive for a um, team that's going to cost what around a hundred million each year. For the next three years, yeah, it's not going to be an expensive. Team. I mean, I mean, Derek Hall was on our station here and said that they pretty much said they want to kind of model the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays don't spend any money on anyone. Yeah, what's their <laughs> payroll? Sixty million? It's something. It's really low. It's like half the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I mean, and so I, Baumgartner's by far going to be their most expensive pitcher he's making 23 million dollars over the next two years 2022 and 2023 the tampa bay rays do not sign those contracts they don't pay guys in their 30s for five or six years and pay Mm -hmm. them 80 90 100 million that doesn't happen they trade those guys away (laughs) right before they 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 traded blake snell to the padres before he got to that point they had given what happened to blake snell he had a not so great year this year bingo yeah what happened to chris archer when they traded oh, him to Pittsburgh. He stinks. He's irrelevant. He's back in Tampa Bay now for nothing. Well, there is that. And they got Austin Meadows and Tyler Glasnow. What happened him. to David Price? 
couldn't cut it in the postseason, and now he's in the bullpen in, in L.A. Well, he might be starting some games here and there. But yep, he made $35 million a year, and he's not To come out of the bullpen. It. He's not worth it. So the Rays are geniuses. Like, I... Everybody should, every organization in baseball should want to say what Derek Hall is saying and, that we're going to be yeah, the Rays. Back then, Andrew Friedman was running them too. So. Right. It's <laughs> now said now than he's done. in LA with a $500 million budget. But for what, how terrible this season has gone for the Diamondbacks, and I know there's been a lot of injuries. There's been, does Tori Lovello come back? Talk all season long because he was on a one year deal essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of their best prospects got hurt for the season. And they've lost they've, a ton of games. They, maybe the most ever. They're like zero for three in shoulders, right. shoulder injuries to prospects. But with all that said and done, to have this moment at the end of the season for Madison Bumgarner was pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it's just it, it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of just I don't know what the word is, but it's disappointing to you know this team has lost a hundred and nine games to this point Oof. and it's just like okay madison bumgarner gets a huge standing ovation in san francisco and it's like you're a dimebacks fan be like Ugh. yeah you used to be the hero of this of a whole city of an entire organization and you come here and you're not that great it's just it kind of sucks let's turn our attention from the veterans to the young guys the guys who aren't even here yet and i just got this in my email just a little while ago the Arizona Diamondbacks named outfielder Alec Thomas and right-handed pitcher Ryan Nelson the organization's minor league player and pitcher of the year. We've talked pretty extensively about Alec Thomas. He might even be one of the most exciting prospects they have in their system right now. He's currently, well, I guess the season's over, but he was at AAA for the Reno Aces where he's just been Absolutely tearing it up. He's hitting 313 this season with 29 doubles, 12 triples, and 18 homers. Um, that's over double A and triple A. He's a remarkable outfielder on a team that has a couple of remarkable outfielders in the minor leagues, and he might be the most exciting one of any of them. Yeah, and he's the only one that's playing, so that helps. True. Uh, I still think Corbin Carroll's still going to be their top prospect when this the lists come out next year. But I mean, Christian Robinson, the, you know, all the stuff that's going on with him. Um, but yeah, Alec Thomas, his he started. Where, where did he start this year? In 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 single A or double A? Um, I don't know the answer to that. But he but he's really gone through the ranks this year. I mean, he, he's made tremendous. Strides. He has, and he's you know he's. I think he started in single A this year. I I I want to say that I could be wrong, but he at least was in double A to start the year, and now he's in triple A, and he's rising up the ranks, man. I mean, I I think if he was probably if he wasn't twenty years old, and uh, uh, they you know the whole there is that service time thing. People don't want to admit that they they hold prospects back for service time, but they do. This um, shows that he started the year in double A. Okay, so in, in Amarillo. Okay, so in any case, he at least went. He got promoted once, and that's yeah, good. Reno, I yeah. mean, and that's good. He's been tearing up Reno ever since he got there. Um, he's having a really good season. Keep um, in mind, there was no minor league season in twenty. True. Yeah. True. So he went from single A Kane County at the end of twenty nineteen to Amarillo. Yeah, two years yeah, later, yeah, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, without playing a year in between. Um, he's only twenty one. Yeah, and I I feel like if he wasn't twenty one and this team wasn't you know as bad as they are, they you might have seen him in the major leagues this year. I don't know, but 
Uh, you know, there is the whole service time thing. Teams don't want to admit that they do that. They keep guys in the minor leagues to but they keep control of them. They do. They don't want. They'll never admit it, but they do. I don't know. Is he um, that level of prospect though? Because like you see that happen for guys like Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. Yeah. Br- Man, not Bryce Harper. I guess I didn't really. The Dodgers before. did it with Puig, I think too. Yeah, maybe on some um, level. And I think the Angels did it with Trout. But those are all A one prospects. Sure. I don't know is if Alex he's Thomas that. Like I don't know. I, I have no idea. Um, I mean, for this team, maybe <laughs> you know, just for this situation, he might be. But I get what you're saying. Like Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant was a, one of the top. He's he's not Alec Thomas. Isn't Wander Franco? Okay, no. Like, Wander Franco is an A one prospect who is ridiculously good. And he's going to be a superstar. You knew it when he was sixteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. He, so Alec Thomas is probably not that guy, or considered, you know, nationally that guy. But he's good, man. Uh, he's he's a good player. I'm looking at. His I'm excited for him. If he could play center field, sweet. I'm looking at because his, we need a center fielder. I'm looking at his numbers right now, Alec Thomas. Yes. And what's crazy about them is as he goes up through the system, his numbers get better. When he went from high A, so in high A he was hitting 255. When he went up to double A. 283. That's like a 28 point jump. Then when he goes up to AAA, 369. It went oh. up over 80 points. <laughs> Same thing for his on base percentage from 327 to 374. That's like a 50, 50 point jump. Then he goes up to AAA, 434. That's a 60 point jump. He's having not just incremental growth, he's having exponential growth with every step of the way. Yeah, I'm watching a, 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 in the story right now. They have a video clip of him hitting a home run. He's got a nice swing. It's beautiful. Um, he's got a he, he, beautiful left. He swing. literally this this highlight that I'm watching. He pulls a breaking ball that's on the outside part of the plate. He's he's hits from the left left handed side. And I think it was off a left handed pitcher too. Um, but the ball was on the left hand. Uh, the into the going into the right hand batter's box and he pulled it out to right field for a home run. Dude's got pop. I'm excited about that. One of the things that no, I've it, was noticed, right, it was a right handed pitcher. Sorry, fair enough. But one still, of, he pulled it. One of the things that I've noticed about a lot of the D backs current prospects that are like at the top of the list, the yeah. hitters specifically, yeah, is one trait that they all seem to share is a really good approach at the plate. Now I haven't watched a ton of these guys, obviously, but when you read from what the experts say. Geraldo Perdomo, who's now up in the major leagues and playing a little bit with the Diamondbacks. He was up in April, but didn't get a lot of action. Uh, Perdomo, one of his greatest traits is he has a vast understanding of the strike zone. Paven Smith, who has arguably been the Diamondbacks' best, most consistent player this season, yeah. other than Cattell Marte, but who's been injured a lot. Right. Uh, Paven Smith has that same characteristic. We hear it about Alec Thomas. We hear it about Corbin Carroll, although he's injured because he injured himself hitting a home run. Uh, we, <laughs> we've heard it about most of their prospects, which Seth is kind of interesting. Seth Beer was that same way, Seth too. Seth Beer. And I wonder, I, that could be a, a good nod to what's going on in the developmental aspect of our minor league yeah, system. Yeah, and Geraldo Perdomo wasn't always that way, I don't feel. Like, when he was up in April, he struggled. He When he went back down to the minors, he was really bad. He was sitting under 200. And then the team put him on, I think I I, I heard somewhere, maybe it was on the radio broadcast, that the developmental list is new this year. And they they were able to put him on that. And he got to go and you know just work on himself, and they and they 
and he's come back up to the major leagues and, and gone back to AAA and AA and whatnot with a different approach at the plate. He's walking more. He's hitting the ball harder. Um, so whatever tweaks they made on Geraldo Perdomo seem to be working. So I hope that maybe he gets a fair shake at the beginning of next season. He seems. I don't to, know that he makes the opening and, day lineup. But. And I mean, what have we always talked about this year? The Diamondbacks and Tori Lovello, especially, they value good defense. And Geraldo Perdomo looks to be a decent defending shortstop. So and Nick Ahmed kind of doesn't. And he's I known mean, for that. Yeah, Nick Ahmed, I mean, he's still, I think he's still an above average defender at shortstop, sure. but he's not the platinum glover that he was. He was in the so last good three years. that you were willing to overlook the fact that he couldn't hit the ball because he was so good defensively. Right. I don't think he's at that level anymore where you can neglect the hitting. Yeah. Because Perdomo is a better hitter than Nick Ahmed yeah, right now. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I'm not sure what happens with Nick Ahmed. He's got. He's got a couple years left on his contract too. Like, yeah, they did I mean, extend him with a three-year deal. It's I just think. that was a weird deal to me. When a guy, I I get that he's a good defender, but like you're saying, it just didn't to me. It didn't make much sense to give him a four-year contract. I he's got two more years left after this year, and it's a team-friendly contract. I'm not going to not going to ignore that fact. He's making seven and a half million dollars next year and then ten million dollars in 2023. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. But he's a 33-year-old shortstop who can't hit. And has played poor defense at times. This season. Especially when you see and I didn't realize this until this season, but all of the... it's I'm getting to this argument with myself again. But <laughs> all the shortstops that are going to be free agents this year... Um, Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, Javi Baez. Um, I mean, Marcus, Marcus Simeon. Simeon is probably Marcus Simeon the greatest is probably going to get like a two hundred and fifty to three hundred million dollar deal. Wow, he, you think that high? I don't know. He set the record wow. for most home runs by a second baseman in it's true in, in, a, in a season. He's got a ton of pop. What does he have? Forty four homers, something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, it's he ridiculous. And, he and Vlad are combining for the most home runs for first. It's and crazy, and and crazy. he's not even playing shortstop. No, he's playing second because the. But he's more than capable. Blue Jays have Bo Bichette. It's like when Demarcus Cousins took a five million dollar deal <laughs> to go to and, go uh, play center for the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. It's like was that really necessary? Like no, <laughs> like to slide your best player over to another position. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, the other guy in this whole. Equation, by the way, was Ryan Nelson was named the pitcher of the year in the organization. Um, just so we kind of have some context around him, he started the year in high A in Hillsborough. He's now in Amarillo, and he's had a fantastic season, no doubt about it. So the Diamondbacks, along with some of these great hitting prospects, which have gotten called up pretty consistently this season and last, Dalton Varsho came up, Paven Smith came up, uh, Josh Rojas has certainly found more of a role on the team. Then all of a sudden you get Perdomo and Seth Beer. So that's speaking, churning out guys. Speaking of Dalton Varsho, yeah. I don't think he should play catcher anymore. Really? Yeah. I think they should make him an outfielder. Full time outfielder? Yeah. Did you see that catch he made in San Francisco yeah. the other night? He robbed the home run. Yeah. Um He's got the energy to he's do it. He's also too. like I'm not a I'm not tall by any stretch of the imagination, but Dalton Varsho no. I feel like he's my height. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I think he's like tiny. five foot eight, and he got hops, man. Yeah, he made a jump at the wall and robbed. Um, uh, who the heck was it? Yastrzemski? I can't remember. He's of an a athlete. three run dinger in San Francisco. 
That dude got up there. And he's fast. He's got a really good arm. He's a catcher. He's got a good arm. Yeah. Um, it's not as good from behind the plate. <laughs> he's a catcher. I just don't want him to play catcher. But no, I'm just saying, like, I think he can be a really good outfielder. Yeah. Um I agree. and if you need him to play catcher, he can. Right. But I don't know if that if he should be the backup catcher to Carson Kelly. I think because he's got a really good bat. Is this like a this is a bad comparison? I'll make uh, it anyway. Is this like a Brandon Inge moment where oh, like just because yeah. he can play catcher doesn't mean we should play him at catcher? Craig Biggio was a catcher. Yeah, I'm well, not saying Dalton Varsho is Craig Biggio. Craig Biggio but, though he moved positions because he was good enough that you needed him in the lineup every right. day. And he was ended up being like you had to put him a in the ridiculously field. good defender everywhere he played. Right, um, that's a little different than Varsho. Yeah, I I mean. I mean, Kyle Schwarber was that way, too. But but they moved him because he was such a good hitter that they had to have him in the lineup every day. And your catcher's just not in the lineup every day. Right. It's just the way baseball is, unless it's the Salvador Perez. Right. But, but I yeah. mean, that's, that's the way I, the league I, goes. I, I, don't think, I, I don't think that Dalton Varsho should be a primary primarily a catcher anymore. I think he's done pretty good in the outfield where I'm not saying he should be your everyday center fielder or something, but so do you need a new backup catcher for next season or do you I would just use so. him as your backup I, catcher? Uh, cuz remember they had Brian Holiday for a lot a yeah, good chunk of this season and they had yeah. Steven Vogt before they traded him to Atlanta, yeah, I think. Yeah, Atlanta. I I think so. I I'm not and I'm and you know we always we get, you know, triggered when we hear three catcher system, but Right. But um, if you're committed to playing him in the outfield, right. then it's not really a three catcher system. It, yeah, exactly. Um I just think he he needs to play more to me and I think Carson Kelly is obviously your your number one catcher and if you want to get Dalton Varsho's bat in the lineup, he's going to have to primarily play somewhere else and I mean, there could be an opening in right field. I don't think Cole Calhoun's going to come back. Um, it all depends, again, on what they do with Seth Beer and Paven Smith. Yeah, because Paven um, Smith could be your everyday right fielder. I could see a scenario, too, and it's it's not ideal, but I can see a, a scenario where Dalton Varsho is your center fielder. Um, I don't love that. I don't either. I don't love it. I, it's, it's better than when they put Chris Herman out there. Yeah. In 2017 or 2018, whatever that was, yeah, because um, he's a way better fielder than 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 that, or even like Chris, Chris Owings. Owings. Yeah, yeah, he's Dalton Varsho. I think is capable of being a a good outfielder. Um, I just don't want him in center. I don't either. I don't. I'm with you, but there's not a lot of center fielders out there I in think, baseball. But I'd I like think, to have one. <laughs> I think the Cattell Marte center field thing is over. I, I hope think so. it's done. I hope so. He hasn't played there in a while he's been playing second base again and he said on uh he said to mike farron um uh post game after a win over the dodgers that he he feels he feels great at second base again uh it, it almost it almost sounded like he felt like he was at home you Good. know the last time he was playing second base want. every day he was an all-star yeah. and he was a top 10 player in baseball and he played yep. the whole season yep so I'm down for that. Yeah, I'm. I am too. So I the guy gonna, only hits like 360. So that's, so that's another thing they're going to have to address this 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 winter. They're gonna they need another outfield. They need probably maybe two more outfielders. They need a center fielder again. Does David Peralta come back? 
I think he's so. under contract. He's under contract. He's under contract. Unless they but, trade him. No, yeah, that's more or less what I'm saying. Yeah. They, uh, do you move on from David Peralta? But like, if you're looking for opportunities for Dalton Varsho, and the Diamondbacks are in no position to get rid of talent. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But could David Peralta sit more often? Because he, I mean, he's been consistently in that outfield for a long time. He's one of the longest tenured players I on the team. I guess if not there's the a slim possibility he gets traded. He is. I, I don't know who takes a, him. This is like when we yeah. talked about Jake Lamb, except Jake Lamb was much worse. Um, <laughs> but the problem was, who's going to take him? <laughs> Jake Lamb just got released by the Blue Jays yeah, the other shocker. day, too. <laughs> I didn't even know he was in Toronto, to be I honest. didn't know either. He's, I thought he was in Atlanta. He was. Uh, he was in the. He was with the White Sox, too, this year. He's really? been all over the place this no year. Idea. Okay, David Peralta, I mean, he's on a very, very cheap contract. Um, he's he's going to be 34 next year. He's only making $7.5 I can see them trading him next year. Um, maybe even this this winter. He's I just got don't know one, who takes He's him. got one year left on his deal. He still makes contact. He's not the power hitter anymore. How many home runs did he have this um, year? Do you know that? Hold on. I figured you would know off the top of your head. I don't know off it's, the top of my so head. It's so few. You can probably count it on two hands. It's. I think it's single digits. Oh, oh that's not great. I just wonder if, hold if, on. if we're at the there. point where David Peralta is no longer necessary in the outfield David, all the time. David Peralta is hitting two fifty seven with eight home runs and 61 RBIs this year. Get rid of him. <laughs> I mean... I love I Dave, love, David, I love Peralta. David Peralta too. I, I do. love him. Not he, helping the team. He still makes. He he's got 123 hits this year. What's um, his on base percentage? Uh, th- uh, 323. Not horrible. No, that's actually pretty good yeah. for how low his average is. His this OPS year. is 724. He just doesn't. He doesn't hit the ball out of the ballpark anymore. No, and he's no pop. He's pretty much a singles hitter. Um. I could do without that. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd rather have Varsho and left than him. There is a possible chance he gets traded, but I mean, it'll be to a team that he's not going to start forever. They trade him to. Yeah, and I don't true. know how much you get back for a thirty-four-year-old outfielder, but it is an expiring contract. So yeah. I don't, I don't know if he gets traded in the off-season or if he's a deadline move like an Escobar was. Um, this trade deadline, yeah, but Escobar but, was desirable. I know. I'm just saying. Escobar had how many home runs with the team when they turned twenty some odd? Yeah, I'm just saying yeah. he he can provide something to a team. He's still a good defender in the outfield. He still makes contact. He gets on base. I'd rather I mean, see Varsho. It's yeah, I would too. And on a, if we're I talking would. on an everyday yeah. basis, yeah. I think there's a role for Peralta. There, don't get me wrong. There needs but. to be Pavin Smith and Varsho pretty much every day. Yeah. And then go find a center fielder. And Rojas somehow. That should be like top <laughs> priority. Bullpen, find a center fielder. Okay, I know you're not going to like this because Dalton Varsho in this Uh-oh. scenario would be in center field. Okay. Um, Hit me with it. Would you want to see next year an outfield of Josh Rojas in left, okay. Varsho in right, and Pave, okay. or uh, Varsho in center, Paven Smith in right, with Perdomo playing short? It's not because a great... Rojas needs to play too. Yeah, he does. And corner outfield seems likely. Unless Cattell's going to be Unless they want day. to somehow. Who's the third baseman on this? Team? I was just going to say. I was just going to say. Is that Rojas? Is I was going to ask that. Is Rojas their third baseman going into next year? Because I'm not if, against if that. what we're talking about is true. Cattell Marte is your second baseman. Yeah. Your everyday second baseman. 100%. If they're done with this center field thing, which it looks like they're, they are, with, with Cattell Marte, he's your second baseman. I agree. So is Nick Ahmed? So Nick Ahmed's probably still your shortstop. 
with Perdomo, maybe. I, I, it's one of those. I'm willing. Uh, it's an Andy Dalton, Justin Fields thing. Yeah. Andy Dalton's the guy now. But Justin Fields is going to take over. But like, it's one of those things. I can see a scenario too where Perdomo starts next year in the minor leagues. Yeah, of course, um, of course. But then who? This the, this team hasn't had a third baseman since Escobar got traded and Cabrera got released. Yeah. Um, it is and Ro- even Escobar was playing. Is a lot of Rojas base. your third baseman? I mean, it, maybe he could be. I'd Does be okay he have the arm accuracy to be a third baseman? I don't know. Who okay? Who are they holding a place for? No, nobody. Drew Ellis? Nobody. They don't no. have anybody. Their best third base prospect, I think, is Vukovic, and he's a ways away too. So I, pff, yeah. Play Rojas okay, at third base. Okay, so I'm fine with that. All right. So who would he's better than Jake Lamb? So and he can, played third base here for like five years. Keep Peralta, I guess. Or do you trade Peralta and Alec Thomas comes up? Do you go sign Eduardo Escobar again? <laughs> he loved it here. I, I mean, know. All we hear about is how likely I it is that they he, go after him again. I think he likes it in Milwaukee. Just I, well, I'm sure he just does. Following his Twitter account, it seems like he's having a good time. Escobar's gonna have gonna have suitors. And where the Diamondbacks rank on that list, I don't know. I'm sure he enjoyed his time here. Uh, he was a great cultural fit for the organization well, and for if you, this ball club. If you want him back, um, bringing yeah. Tori Lovello back helps. is a big help to that because he loves Tori Lovello. It might cost you more, though. Yeah. He just went to a contender, and right. the Brewers and are playing he's pretty play- well. And he's playing well, too. Yeah. Um, so, that's so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what this team looks like next year. There's so many question marks. There's so many questions. They're not going to be competitive. I mean, they'll compete. The team and the players will try. Right. But that doesn't mean wins. they're not going to, to me, compete in the division. A division with the Giants, who were projected to win 76 games this year, and they've won 105. To answer your roundabout question, a roundabout way to answer your question, I don't love that outfield of Rojas and Varsho and Smith because. I think it's a defensive liability. I don't think I don't like. I think either. if you want to have guys like Rojas and Smith in left and right, you have to have an excellent fielding center fielder. And the inverse is true. If you want to have a Varsho in center field, you need at least one speedster on left or right of him, and you just don't have that right now. So I don't love that outfield, but I do love those three players. I just wonder where two Alec Thomas fits into this team next year. Does he make the majors next year? If I he's think, in AAA and killing it right now, he should get called up next year. I think at some point he will be on the major league roster next year, yeah. but w- not out of the game. But knowing this team, he won't he won't make the team out of spring training. I doubt he'll it. He'll probably get an invite to spring training this year and he'll play. I think he's already gotten an invite to spring training. Oh, really? I, I well, I saw like him play year? in spring oh, okay. training. Um, so, but that doesn't mean that he was. I don't know. You know how they have like not well at the end invitees. of spring training too. They always have those guys that aren't really. On the team, but they play, yeah, you know, on roster. Yeah. Guys, yeah. Um, but I think I don't think he makes the team out of spring training, but I do think and just knowing this team, guys, guys like him don't get called up unless there's an injury. Yeah. And that's just, you know, they, it's not like the Mariners who just brought up Jared Kelnick because, hey, this kid's ready to go. There's nothing left for him to accomplish. Right. Alec Thomas will get there. Yeah. Halfway through next season. He'll get to that point where there's no there's no more reason to keep him in AAA. I think we're gonna have to wait a little while for Corbin Carroll because now he's essentially missed two years of minor league baseball. You got to come back from the injury on top of yeah, a performing sh- a shoulder to a level injury, where you get promoted. A shoulder injury is yeah. those things are nasty and they're tricky. Unless you're Tatis, in which case, well, it makes he, you better. 
No, it doesn't. Every time he's gotten his shoulder separated, he comes back and he hits like 30 home runs in five days. Imagine if the home runs he would hit if he didn't have a hurt shoulder, though. Imagine. He'll probably have surgery. Um, I I would imagine he will. Keep in mind, there's three games left in this season. All against Colorado, uh, which is a not-so-awesome series. But (laughs) uh, you've got... (laughs) That's putting it lightly. Yeah, right. You've got Castellanos... Gallon and Mejia, I think. Humberto, are the three. Zach, and Humberto. Correct. I think those are the three that are going to be going against the Rockies. And they're currently in a situation where if you lose all three, if you get swept, you have the worst record in franchise history. Yep. If you lose two out of three, you tie for worst. And I think last week, go listen to last week's podcast where we laid out all the reasons why this is already <laughs> the worst team in franchise history, statistically speaking. Yep. Um, Honestly, I think they're already there. I was having that conversation in a text thread with some of my friends yesterday because my friends are Dodger fans and they're really mad at the D-backs right now for getting swept in San Francisco. And uh, sorry, (laughs) sorry, we're that bad. My my friends goes, he's like the D-backs are worthless. That's what he sounds like. Well, yeah, correct. And and I I, eventually I I just wrote this out. I'm like, yeah, uh, because my other friend who was a D-backs fan like me said at the beginning of the year he said this and he he called he called it and he got it right he said and we all were like no they're not going to be this bad he said this team is going to be worse than the 04 team or just oh. as bad he said that at the beginning of the year and we're just like no you no it, they, they're not going to be that bad that team lost 111 games they have a decent lineup they have decent whatever no he was right um uh, but then i said i'm like yeah statistically like even if they don't match the 111 loss 04 team. This team feels worse. Statistically, they are, and statistically, they are in a roundabout even way. Even that team in 04 had Randy Johnson on it, right? Like you know, there were bright spots. Randy Johnson threw a perfect game that year in yeah. Atlanta. At well, the we've age got of two no hitters old. in 2021. Well, one and a half no hitters. Yeah, one and three quarters no hitters. I guess. <laughs> um, Speaking of that. Speaking of the no hitter, yeah, by Tyler Gilbert, yeah. Um, I told you before the podcast, before we started, that I think the Diamondbacks are responsible for breaking the San Diego Padres. Oh, please enlighten me. This this is me enlightening you. So, um, I went to school with uh, Fabian Ar- Ardea, who covers the sure. Dodgers for sure, the sure, Athletic. Sure. I, I I had a couple classes with him. I think I knew him through mutual friends. Anyway, he tweeted out because the Dodgers were just playing the Padres. And it was the it was the day where uh, the Padres blew a nine to five lead, and the Dodgers hit four home runs in the eighth inning to tie it. And he tweets out, "What happened to the Padres?" And I'm like, "That got me thinking." I'm like, "Yeah, they haven't been good for a while." And I just like I I thought to to just search this on Baseball Reference, and I came to this conclusion: What happened to the Padres? They were no hit by Tyler Gilbert. That's what happened to them. Okay. Since that game on August 14th, the Padres are 11 and 26. Since no hit since getting no hit by Tyler Gilbert in his first major league start. Before that game, the Padres were 67 and 52. They were 15 games over 500. Wow. Since then, they are 11 and 26, not counting yesterday. So they went from 15 over to 15. So they're they're 11 to 27. Now, because they lost last night, and I did this research uh, on the 28th. Okay, so 15 over to 16 under. Yeah. Wow. That broke them, I think. Yeah. I went to San Diego for a game 
I think right around the time, right after Tyler Gilbert threw the no-hitter, and they almost got perfect gamed by Aaron Nola the night I was there. He took a perfect game into the seventh. That would have been really cool. Um, it didn't end up being anywhere near a perfect game. Right, but, right. <laughs> but seven innings is a long, you know, long time for the Padres to not get a hit. Right. This has got to be one of the biggest flops I've seen in baseball in a long time they, because they spent yeah. so much prospect capital money on all these guys they brought in. They brought in Darvish. They brought Snell. in Clevenger, who isn't even pitching. They brought in Snell. They brought in Musgrove. Um, Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier at the trade deadline, yep. who they didn't need. Right. They have all this stuff. They went and got Haseon Kim, who's arguably the best player in uh, the Korean League when they went and acquired him. So they loaded the one, up. The one thing they didn't get at the trade deadline was pitching, and they yeah. needed it desperately. They were this close to getting Max Scherzer, yeah. and they ended up with Jake Arietta. And who knows? If they go get Scherzer, who, by the way, is about to win another Cy Young Award. Oh, he's probably, yeah. He's uh, if... They had gotten Max Scherzer, not even Trey Turner. Leave Trey yeah, Turner right. out of it. That was never a part of it. I if don't they think. had gotten Max Scherzer, this might be a whole other conversation we're having. Yeah, they might be in the playoffs, and maybe the Cardinals don't go on a seventeen-game winning streak and make it into the postseason. I wonder what. I wonder what exactly made that deal with the with the Nationals with the Padres fall apart. Because I don't remember Rosen, what the pieces were they Rosen, were giving up. I don't know if that was ever reported because the only thing I saw was Ken Rosenthal tweet out the Padres are close to acquiring Max Scherzer from the Nationals and then all of a sudden the Dodgers got Max Scherzer for and and Trey Turner for Josiah Gray and Kiebert Ruiz and I think another player but they're top two prospects yeah so I wonder if the the Nationals miss I wonder if the Nationals wanted like Mackenzie Gore and CJ Abrams and are and the same level as and the Padres said no (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, they might. They, I mean, they probably should have done it. That's like, what's so interesting about this. If they yeah. really wanted this, they should have done it. Right? They should have gone for it. But you already at the same went time, for it. Even though the Padres aren't going to make the postseason this year, the thing that still scares me as a Diamondback follower and fan and all that is the fact that the Padres still have way better oh, prospects know. than you. Oh, do. I know. They, they still have. C.J. Abrams is like the top shortstop prospect in baseball now that Wander Franco has been called up. And he could actually stay on that team if they keep Tatis in the outfield. And yeah, and oh by the way, they already have the greatest shortstop in the league <laughs> in Fernando Tatis, who's playing right field. I get that, but he played still. center field the other night. I, he could play anywhere. <laughs> he could play freaking first base, and he'd be the best first yeah. baseman in the league. Yeah. So I mean, the Padres are not going away anytime soon, and most of the guys they acquired are in it for the long haul for at least a couple of years. Most of the guys they got, like Darvish, was yeah. on their contract. And Snell Musgrove, was, too. And, yeah, so yep. they have control over a lot of these guys. But, man, what a flop. Yeah. They, Do you fire Tingler? They were, uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> You'd fire Jace Tingler? I think they're going to. It's um, kind of early in the experiment, but... it was. It's just also just funny to me that the Padres, they made the playoffs in a 60-game season last year, and then they're like, oh, let's go get everybody, and try to win the world and then they just they fall flat on their face like they're not even that team should still be in it they shouldn't be eliminated at this point like the Oakland A's are still in their wild card race in the American League I mean it's not the Padres fault that the Cardinals won 17 games in a row like it's I mean that's unbelievable I think they were part of that streak losing some of those games but anyway but still like that that didn't help their chances, um, but still, man, they're under five hundred. 
They're not going to have a winning season unless they sweep the Giants. I think they're three games under five hundred. If the Padres, yeah. yeah. If they don't seventy-eight and eighty-one. If they don't sweep the Giants, they will have a losing season. They're now, jeez, they're one and nine in their last ten. They've lost six in a row. They're so far behind a wild card; it's not even funny. They're yeah, eleven they're, well, games back. They're officially they're officially eliminated. They were yeah. eliminated last week. They're eleven games yeah. back of the wild card. How did last that week when we did the podcast? They were, they were in, in the it. second. They were in it. They would have been playing the Dodgers. It's remarkable. It's crazy. They're one and nine in the I, last. I mean, game. someone's head's got a roll for that, right? I mean, and it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be Tingler. Well, I, it has to be Tingler, and that's the kind of team. Honestly, it kind of reminds me of the White Sox a year ago, where you're looking for a manager, and you could see a really experienced, like longtime manager taking that kind of job, yeah. where the roster's already in place. We just need a culture change. We need somebody with the experience to get us over the hump. That's the kind of job you go looking for, mm-hmm. um, in my experience at least. Like there are going to be managers currently managing teams that are going to look at that job and go, "I want to go over there." Yeah, like I know I'm. I know I'm in. I don't know. I'm just going to throw out a random. See, I'm. I know I'm in Colorado, but man, I want that job. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, the Padres, man, they're the biggest posers of 2021. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> They really are. Yeah, dude. We were talking it's... about how they... We were talking about, can we please just let the Dodgers and the Padres play each other in the World Series? Like, can we please just do that? Well, I know you didn't want that because you're not a fan of either of those teams. But no. But realistically speaking, those were the two headlining teams this season. 2021 was supposed to be about the Padres and the Dodgers duking it out in the NL if, West. If you... Yeah, man. And now the, the Giants are leading the division. If you are the Giants and the Dodgers... You are probably scared as hell of the St. Louis Cardinals. Holy crap. They're hot. They they I mean they they had won seventeen games in a row and then they lost one to the Brewers and then they won the next game. So their losing streak was one. Like Adam Wainwright has been unbelievable this year. Um he just signed an extension to come back for next year, by the way, with the Cardinals. Smart move for them. Um so it looks like it'll be one more year of Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright, At least one Adam Wainwright is 40 years old. He's 40 years old. This happens with the Cardinals, though. We talked about this last week. Matt Morris, Chris Carpenter. This happens with Cardinals pitchers. They're better when they're older. Yep. It doesn't make sense, but it happens. And they're just getting Jack Flaherty back off the injured list, too, and he's really good. Um, he was good in the playoffs last year, too. I mean, th- this is going to be a crazy wild card game. Um, whoever it is, the Giants or the Cardinals, whoever or the Giants or the Dodgers playing the Cardinals, because um, the 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 Cardinals have hello hello Siri, uh, the Cardinals have <laughs> have locked up that second wild card spot. So it's just literally hanging on who wins the NL West. The dot the the Giants are still two games up on the Dodgers. Um, tell me, tell me if you're the Dodgers. Tell me you want to face the Cardinals. No, no, heck no. That's no. what I'm saying. Both of those in teams, a one game, the division has never meant more to a division Ugh. title has never meant more to the Dodgers than this one would be worth. Yeah, because they 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 don't want to play the. I know it would be at home and whatnot, and they'll probably throw Max Scherzer. But actually, if you really look at it, Max Scherzer has not been that good in his last two starts. He gave up five runs to the Padres, and then his start before that, I think he gave so up. So the five Dodgers runs. are two games back of the Giants. Do they do they play each other? Is that what you said? No. Oh, sorry. Um, the Giants play the Padres right. at home. The Dodgers play the Brewers at oh, home. Oh, that doesn't bode well. 
but do, are the Brewers going to be resting guys because they've the they've locked their up? Because right yeah, now, maybe. if they say, but but here's the thing: if the Brewers stay on on their rotation schedule, I believe Corbin Burns throws in this series, Oof. and I think Woodruff does too. If I'm not mistaken, I wouldn't even play him. If I'm Craig Council, I I probably wouldn't. What is it? What good rest is it to up. us? Rest, like rest him up, right? I mean. I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Woodruff is scheduled, but I think Burns is. Um, but if if I, if I'm Craig Council, yeah, I'm. It's it's Eric Lauer, it's uh it's Lauer and Kershaw tonight, and then Burns Urias on Saturday, and then TBD TBD on Sunday. Man, so they've already lined up Burns to start. 103 wins right now. They could have 106 wins by the end of the season and not win the division. They and, could play a wild card know, game and lose. And you know what stinks about 105 wins. You know what stinks about this too about how good the Dodgers are and the Giants at the same time. Cuz I like the one game wild card game. I think it's super exciting. I hate it. You hate it? I hate it. How? Why? I've explained this to you, haven't I? I do it I again. like I <laughs> I don't know. I will. Gladly. I do love how it makes the one game exciting. No doubt about that. But for reasons that the Diamondbacks learned the hard way in 2017 the reason i don't like it is because you use your best pitcher in that wild card game you're going to use uh max scherzer you're going to use adam wainwright and then you're going to get to the division series even if if by some chance you do win that game you make it to the division series where their best pitcher is waiting for you and you have to throw your second best yeah, yeah and you're yeah. probably not throwing your best guy again until Maybe game two if he's really good. Probably with game the, three with the Dodgers D backs. I you're at a huge disadvantage in the championship. In game, Granky didn't pitch till game three. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then right, yeah, yep. You're at a huge disadvantage in the division two, series. Game two, and then Ray pitched game three. I can't remember, but um, yeah. The thing I'm worried about is that people are going to look at this wild card NL wild card especially and say. How is it fair that the Dodgers won or the Giants won a hundred over a hundred games and then they get beat by the Cardinals and they're out of the playoffs? Yeah. No, I, I get That's that. The, but on the other side too I like series. On the other side too, but like my friends last year, the Dodger fans, were complaining that the Dodgers had to play in a series against uh was it the was it the Brewers? I can't remember. They played oh, Padres, I think it was. The Padres were the wild card team, and they had to play the Padres in a three game series or whatever it was. And they're like, "Why is this? We, why is it fair that we have to play in a series, a three game series, where anything can happen?" I'm like, "You can't have it both ways." No, but uh, even a three game series proves more to me of who's the better team than a one game. True, it's true. It's very true. Now we're talking about more more than likely we're talking about five seven game series. Those truly tell you who the better team is i believe that as a viewer nobody ever accidentally won a seven game series you know what i mean as a viewer i like the one game playoff more it's way more exciting it will be a more exciting game but i get what you're saying but the better team will win a series right every time yep and you don't get that in the in the one game playoff and then you make it to the next series and you're screwed yep because you're at it. such a disadvantage. I get it. I, I would like to see the the playing field level at all times. But like, so the Nationals in 2019, they were a wild card team. Yeah, they they won <laughs> they won that game against the Brewers because Trent Grisham screwed up the ball in right field and let it go under his glove. Listen, and they scored runs off that. Like, it's crazy what can happen in one game. Teams overcome the wild card thing all the time. Yep. 
there have been teams that have won the I World Series. I think the giants in 2010 were a wild card team and i think the royals when they played them in the world series were also a wild okay card. So i could be wrong there you on go that. yeah i mean but like wild card teams can have success in the playoffs i'm not sure. saying they can't but the reason i don't like it is because i would rather see the dodgers playing in a full series and not have to face elimination in one game in that sense i guess you uh your friend and i would probably get along <laughs> yeah um, listen, there's three games left for the Diamondbacks. We mentioned they're playing Colorado. It's not a super exciting series for any sort of reason other than if the Diamondbacks get swept, which has happened lately, then yep. statistically speaking, they would be the worst team in franchise history. Not exactly the uh, trophy you want to put on the mantle at Mom's house. 12 losses. Yikes. Is what it would take. Anyway, so we'll watch that. Or we won't. We'll. <laughs> well yeah. yeah. I probably won't watch the three game, all three games in their entirety, but uh, let's just say I'm excited for the postseason. Oh my gosh! Let's just say I'm excited. The American League is insane. Uh, we thank you so much for checking out the podcast this week as we kind of ramp down the regular season, and the Diamondbacks will kind of fade to black and hopefully reset in the off season. But we will push on, and the MLB postseason begins. And the Ain't No Fang podcast will go absolutely nowhere. We're planning on talking postseason baseball for the next month or two. And then we'll get into the offseason. So thanks again for checking out the podcast. I am Steve Zinsmeister. That's Cody Fincher as well. It's the Ain't No Fang podcast found right here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.